Moto Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. Man, it's been a uh, a long, long time. I apologize, everybody. It's just been crazy busy with work and traveling, and it's been crazy, but it's been fun. I'm excited to get back and do this show. Uh, we are here with uh, without the people, so I really appreciate everybody and people asking when we do another show, when we come back. So we got some guests locked down for the next couple couple shows, so it should make it easier to do this. But I. Uh, like I said, without these people behind us, we wouldn't be able to do this. So a huge shout out to Spot Network TV. Um, also, a big shout out to Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Scott Goggles. Thank you, those guys. Um, like I said, we, we we haven't done much. So, But during this break, we are coming back. We have some new merch dropping on our website or actually on our Instagram, at Motospot Show. So check that out. And also, if you have any questions about anything or if there's any guests you want to hear from, please let us know. So... Without further ado, let's get episode 28 started of the Moto Spot Show presented to you by Spot Network. And this guy, I really appreciate the time. He's He's been wide open with Red Bull Imagination, Loretta's, doing stuff for Fox Racing, doing stuff for fishing. He's all over the place. His main title is videographer. He's just out there in the world exploring. Jordan Hoover, what's up, man? How are you? Yeah, I'm glad to hear this is the welcome back from the travel show. Dude, it's been a long, long it's been a while. Uh, last episode I just looked was July 7th with Brandon Taylor from AP Designs. So okay, sweet. It's, it's been a and, long time. And it's cool. The first time we actually got to hang out was the stint of both of our busy travels in Washougal. Yeah, like we just like met. When did we first meet? Was it Wash? It wasn't Washougal, was it? It was uh, Redbud. So. Red oh, you know what? It was Redbud. Yeah, Redbud. Um, so we first met there and like we just hit it off and through Kenny Day and Austin Hoover, your brother, who we also did a show with, and we just clicked, and I was like, man, like, Jordan's got a cool story. I want to I wanna get him on the show. That's what's up. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, thank you. Like, I, like I talked to you. We've kind of chatted a little bit through text, and the last six months has been for wild for you. You've done stuff for Red Bull Imagination. You've done stuff for Fox. You were in Orlando doing a fishing, like, expo, which was crazy. I didn't realize how gnarly that market was, but... In today's world, everything's gnarly. Like COVID's just blew up the every industry possible. Oh yeah, especially uh, any industry that takes you away from the general public. Right, just gets you outdoors. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's been cool to see like everybody thrive and, and do well. But you know, there's there's not everything lasts forever, right? So we got to see kind of what happens with it, but. I'm excited. I'm riding the horse um, while I can before I get bucked off, but we'll take it for what it is and and have some fun. So, but you know, like I said, this show's about you. We want to know the Jordan Hoover story. You used to race. You used to be a you know Florida guy. You grew up around people like James Stewart and Davey Millsaps and and people like that in Florida. You know what's kind of what's the early Jordan Hoover story like? Like what was it like being a racer and then transitioning and finding a career? Huh, that's a that could be a big question. Loaded, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone in everyone in the dirt bike industry seems to have some sort of roots in it. Um, I was pretty much born into the track, so uh, even in my diaper days, I was going to the track because my brother was already riding at that point. And then I slowly started to get into it as well. Um, I loved like the PW fifty days, yeah. and then. Once I got on a 65, I was like, yeah, I don't want, I don't really want to do this. Like, I don't want to shift gears. Like, what is all this? Um, so <laughs> I, I kind of, yeah, like with riding for me, I kind of came in and out a lot. Like as I was growing up and younger, like living in the city, it wasn't super easy for us to ride. 
Okay. Uh, so I, I got like really close to the skateboarding world and uh, found music through my brother. Um, and then just like once I got a little older, like 14 through 17, like I got pretty good at riding dirt bikes, but I never really took it serious. Yeah. And then once I was 17, I was like, well, I've been doing this my whole life. Like I might as well take a shot at trying to be actually good and like started training and doing all that BS. Um, and then it just kind of fizzled. I went down to Australia to do one pro race and got deathly ill before, but still had a good time. Yep. Uh, came, came back here, trained for three months to do some outdoors and then just decided to call it quits before it ever happened. Yeah. I saw like you've done a few Loretta's and stuff like that. And like I said, being from Florida, there's so many fast kids and I think you kind of figured out early, like I've listened to a show with Dan Truman. It's like, you see kind of the progression some of these kids make and you see how gnarly they are and how much effort is. And you're like, all right, I need to take a step back and figure out, do I want to do this? Or do I need to just realize like, this isn't my path of being a pro supercross dirt bike racer. Yeah. And I think being from Florida, like everyone from here is so spoiled because whenever we were growing up here, like racing was so thriving that we didn't even have to leave to like race the best people in the country. Everyone came to us pretty much. Yeah, so yeah, as far yeah, I mean, as like all kinds of stuff, like budget racing in Florida is pretty doable until like your last couple of years when you really want to try to like make make your way in this sport. Um, it's kind of changed now. Um, the racing isn't quite what it used to be, but a lot of people still live and train here. So I'd say for a Florida kid, it's pretty easy to take a crack at it. Yeah, it's one of those things where I. Outside looking in, it looks like there's a lot of tracks, you know, Orlando, Tampa, Haines. I don't know how many tracks are in Haines City, but, you know, Dade City. It just seems like there's a lot going on out there. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I think every everywhere, right, you look back at, at our days when we raced, and it's like you had so many big races, and now they kind of fizzled out. And it's just like everybody has training facilities now, and, and there's only a few big amateur nationals. But it's cool to see the industry thriving and getting back to it. Yeah, for sure. And like, dude, even for Florida, you don't, you didn't even really need a big race. Like the Florida series was big. Uh, the gold cups and the winter ends used to be huge. Like yeah. I remember being on eighties and you'd have like qualifiers and that's technically like a local level race. And then you're still having a qualifier as your first moto. Gotcha. Um, okay. So that, that actually kicked off again just this past weekend. Uh, the first round was at Diamondback, which is Gatorback's like backyard. Uh, not backyard, but pretty close. It, <laughs> I mean, it's it's on the same property. Okay. Um, okay. So it's where Diamondback is where they used to have. What was it? Not it, not a GNCC style, but it was part of Minios. Like one of the one of the races during the week of Minios was through the woods and the track. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so Diamondback now sits where those woods used to be yeah win over there seems like he's got some he's got dirt everywhere um oh yeah it seems like there's you you go to that place and there's a pit bike track there's this other track and then the main track and then you go even farther and i mean it's just there's there's dirt everywhere like you just it's you get lost out there for sure <laughs> yeah he definitely puts on like a nice atmosphere for everyone it's it's kind of hard to get in trouble out there yeah um so it's really like when you go to Minios, there's thousands of people, and it's kind of a free for all, uh, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, it's like a it's like another Loretta's, but not as serious. Almost like a, it's kind of serious, but 
I don't know. I still feel good. I get like I get that fun vibe at Minio's when I go to it. It's not not as pressure as as uh, Loretta's. Yeah, Minio's is always cool for me because it was here. So it was like two hours down the road. Um, but it's kind of like I always say it's like Anaheim one for amateur racing. It's just like contract time. Yeah, it's a supercross race. Like it's just a that's a it's a great event. Yeah, I believe there's uh this year there's gonna be a few kids. Minios will be their last ride or new ride on their on their new bike. So it'll be interesting to see how how that goes and all the Instagrams and social media news and everything. So got some silly season for sure coming up. That's it's gonna be interesting this year. A lot of things supposedly supposed to be changing October one, and I assume you'll be filming a lot. Not a lot, but some new guys and some new gear. So, um, unfortunately, can't talk about that. And I, I don't actually don't know a whole lot about it because you guys are, are not you guys, but the company that you contract with is technically competitor. But um, <laughs> right. it's one of those things, though, like for you. So you realize, you know, kind of at a younger age, 18, 19, 20, that you're like, all right, well, dirt bikes is cool, but it's not going to be what I want to do for the rest of my life. So when did Jordan Hoover pick up the, the camera? Um, well, I was always into cameras, um, like growing up skating, whenever you go skating with your friends, like filming is second nature. Right. Um, so that was always going on. And then I was into film photography at a young age because my high school had a really sweet dark room. Okay. Um, I remember like it had like a rotating door and I always related it to like getting in a rocket ship or something. Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) so it was like, and it's easy, like it's three simple three simple chemicals. It's like fun. I always liked shooting photos of people. Um, so that's like what caught my eye early on. And then honestly, like it kind of fell in my lap. Um, I got pretty close with most people that, that work were working at Fox. And one of the dudes was Frankie D'Andrea. Um, he used to head up their surf program. And then once that kind of fell through, he just joined on with the marketing squad. Um, and then one year, I I think it was 2015, maybe 2014, um, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do for Loretta's, like how they were going to put content out. Um, and he kind of, he threw my name in the hat and then it's, it's been rolling ever since I ended up, I'd never even filmed a dirt bike before in my life. Um, and they hit me up like a month before Loretta's happened and I went there and had a successful week and I've been getting to shoot their guys ever since pretty much. It's pretty nutty to think like how creative and everything these, these uh, videos can be, especially social media. Like I got to see a glimpse of you do it at Redbud and Washougal and like all the filming that goes on and then turning it into a one minute clip is pretty gnarly. Like I, I, I don't know how you do it and not get like a headache. I, if I look at a screen for longer <laughs> than like five minutes, dude, I'm just like, God, my, my brain hurts. So kudos to you for just for having that creative mind and being able to put those things together. But like you said, it's it's one of those things where you kind of looked into it. But at the same time, I feel like being kind of in the in that industry or being around helps. And that's kind of what we preach on this show because we're always getting asked, like, how do you get in? Like, how do I become a part of the industry or what do I got to do? And it's just kind of putting your yourself in those situations, like either A, going to the races, or B, getting to know people, or, or C, just kind of making those relationships. And I think you got you got that at an early age. Like you said, you went to the races and did the training thing and then went to Loretta's and, and did all that. So I think for you, it's it's been cool to kind of have that 
not I wouldn't say competition, but kind of like a little competition because you want to make you have an iconic brand, right? So you got to make your stuff cooler than other people's, and it seems like you guys do a really good job of it. Yeah, no doubt. It's also there's some pressure involved with it. Oh yeah, I can too. imagine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, but it's cool. I don't know. Whenever my brother was on, did he kind of tell you like how our family even got put into dirt bikes? No, I a little bit, yeah. Um, he just we kind of talked more about the racing, but I mean, he said you guys were kind of you know at it early, like you know what I mean, always at the track. And he was he told us like uh, I think her name's what would he say? I don't know her name, Davy's sister, but she I guess she used to run oh, yeah. back in the day. Um, yeah, she probably still does. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much <laughs> about the Millsaps family, but you know, I can only imagine yeah. with their mom and Davy and everything. So. Um, but no, we kind of mostly just talked about how he trans, how he transitioned from Florida to California to Europe and then back to California. Um, yeah, well, kind it's of kind of just in reference to like, cause people ask me a lot, like how you get into the industry. Yeah. Um, but we, we were both super fortunate just with the relationships that were already in place before we were even born. Um, cause my dad grew up, he was really close friends with Mark Barnett and traveled racing with him a lot. So through like the eighties, if you're hanging out with the baddest dude in racing, like you're, you're bound to make some good friends in the industry and our industry is so old school and the same people have been in it for so long that we kind of just like got brought up into that. Um, yeah, now so you say something you kind of did mention like that you guys were Fox riders too, like kind of back in the day and you guys had that relationship too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. So it's, it's, tough industry to crack into we just we got a little blessing from early on i would say yeah and i mean speaking of blessing like i guess for you you're you got pretty fortunate being able to stay in florida right like that's pretty you don't really hear a lot of you know industry now you do more than ever i mean it seems like now a lot of people are wanting to move to, to florida i mean you got star moving to florida you got phoenix honda and the carolinas and um yamaha, yamaha headquarters moved to georgia and i think honda headquarters has moved to georgia so a lot of people are trying to get out of california but for you like you've made a name for yourself and you're not living in socal um 24 7 yeah well it's it's definitely thanks to all of the teams and the riders that i've been fortunate enough to stay here yeah um because if it wasn't for them living here i would have they would have no reason to use me pretty much um so one thing that started happening after I started doing some event coverage with them and was doing a good job for Fox, they were like, well, sh- shit, like three, three to five of our top athletes are going to be living in Florida six months out of the year. So if stuff ever pops up, we can just use you and send you down for the day rather than having to, you know, send out a whole production crew to, to cover it that would cost X amount of dollars and take X amount of days. So, um, it's definitely it's definitely been cool for me yeah um because like sometimes i'll get to go out to the track like with adam or with kenny or with any of them and it's just like just me and i'm there with just them and their mechanics it's it's probably the most like raw environment you could possibly get out of filming yeah i mean like you you see a lot of times like their videos and I think nowadays you see it more than anything. Like these guys are starting to crack into their, their personal lives. And I don't know if that's a credit to just YouTube or spot network or just any, what, you know, what that contributes to, but it just seems like now we're getting more detailed stories and, uh, that's been really cool. And, you know, I I think you guys have shot some stuff like on Kenny's boat and, um, 
you know, just all kinds of different things. So for you, like, what's that been like just making those relationships with those writers? Because a lot of times when you get to those levels, a lot of these guys can be standoffish, but it seems like they, they're real. They're really like, not like, I, I don't know if nice is the right thing to say, but it just seems like they're, they're opening up more. Um, they're not kind of to themselves, I guess, more in this industry. Yeah. I would say they're hospitable. Okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Humble. I guess I would more humble, I guess, than you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, just this past week when I went to imagination, it was probably the most, surreal event I've been to yet um typically when you're around like those types of dudes like Barriman, Raha, Twitch, Ronnie Fife like the list of people at Imagination was insane right but there it just it wasn't a huge event so like those people that were coming there they were bringing their buddies pretty much so everyone there to me just seemed like their absolute self like I had never really spent much time around Axel Hodges um, and he has like, you know, his online persona or presence that he, that he puts off and then you get to hang out with him. He's just like a normal ass dude. So, um, I, they were, they were awesome. Like <laughs> my, yeah. I, I had a hotel booked for me through Fox for it. Cause I went there to film Josh Hill. Um, and the dates ended up being wrong. So oh, these dudes, <laughs> That all the dudes there were basically like, oh, dude, like, don't worry about it. Like, we have an extra bed here. Like, you can sleep in this room. So it was just like That's that nice. whole event is unreal. Um, I don't know where it's going to head in the future, but I feel like it might be a little more hands-on to some people eventually, which will be amazing for people to get to see. Because, I mean, the footage does no justice. People always say stuff like that, but that course is the most insane thing you'll ever see a dirt bike ride on. Yeah. I, I could only, it's a cliche. Imagine imagine <laughs> how imagination was, but it seems yeah. like those guys just ty- knowing Tyler, he's never been scared of stuff. And it's just insane of what he's, where he's came from to where he is now and putting on an event with some of the sickest dudes in the industry. Like, It'd be kind of cool if Supercross did that, like a uh, almost like an all star race, to where it was like Kenny and Adam and uh, Justin Bray and just all the top like a top ten, top twelve guys, and it was just a cool like Supercross one off race. It'd be cool to do something like that, like how Tyler did with Red Bull, because it's yeah, it seems like it's a really fun environment and everybody's just pushing each other and you know they're hitting stuff for the first time and cheering each other on. Um, I think I saw a clip. From either Red Bull or Racer X, where like Josh and Ryan Sipes were like, "Oh, you do that? Like, I see this new line. Let's go try it." And then it's like, "Holy shit! Like, that's insane." Yeah, it was crazy to see. Like, Sipes was probably one of the most creative out there. Oh, really? Like, he was. He was seeing stuff that no one else was really looking at, and he'd be the first one you'd see, like, go and start to shovel up some lip that wasn't really made to be hit. Yeah, um, he like he impressed the shit out of me. That's for sure. That's badass. Like, I would never expect that guy came from like being like kind of well known. You know, he did, he did some stuff in Supercross and Motocross, but nothing that lit the world on fire to now yeah. being like one of like the biggest names in the sport. Yeah, it's insane. And like, and I only I say that because I always knew how good he was. Like, I've seen him ride for many years. Yeah. Um, but like, he's just still progressing to me. Like, he was such a stand, not a standard, but, like, his form was always perfect. He was never really one to get out of control or be super stylish. And now he's, like, throwing these Behrman turn-up whip things. And 
out on 120 foot jumps with these dudes and he's one of the first three people to be hitting the stuff so That's it was insane. pretty insane a lot yeah. of respect to him from this past week oh yeah i can only i could only imagine like what those guys were hitting and and how like your stomach you know it's like riding a roller coaster for the first time and like you're not even riding and you, i can only just think some of the stuff that those guys were hitting were like just putting you in like an- anxiety or anxious because like, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. That was it. That's the hardest thing for me with filming dirt bikes since I've ridden them for so long. Like yeah. I can tell right away if I'm filming someone on a jump and they're going to come up short. Okay. And then I like, it's like say there's going to be some monumental crash moment that I could go viral on Instagram with like, I will always miss it because I'm always worried for my buddy up there. That's about to case this hundred foot jump. Right. So yeah, you're, like the camera will go <laughs> so, straight to the ground. Yeah. Or I'll just like stop in one spot and just like hold my camera there, but then watch with my eyes. And then I, then I see them and they're like, okay. And they ride away. And every time I look back, I'm like, damn, I did not film that at all. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> what I do okay, phone. That's, I've done on my phone. You like you follow and then you're like, Oh, that's not gonna be good and the next thing you know you're still in the same spot or like or like you yeah. turned your camera off or whatever. Like so that's that's I could see that being a challenge for sure, just trying to get the shot but also trying to, to worry about people's safety. Yeah. Have you ever been to like a supercross track to where you kinda get anxious or was that imagination thing one of the most times you've kind of been like this this could either go really well or really bad. Yeah, I've never really been nervous at a supercross track because, like, most of the time those dudes are so damn good that right. you don't really have to worry. Um, so imagination was definitely nerve-wracking. But I've also known Jason Baker for most of my life. Okay. Um, so I know, like, I know his skill with building, and I've jumped jumps that he's built. So I knew everyone was in good hands. Right, but just like the magnitude of the lip faces to the landings, there's definitely some room for worry. How uh, how cool was that line into the dump truck and then out of the dump truck? Like that looked pretty cool. Oh my, yeah, that it reminds me. There was a video game. I can't remember which one, but it was. I think the level was Truckee, California, was the track. Okay, and there was actually a jump in the video game where you like launched off of a dump truck and as soon as i got there i was like holy shit they built that video game track that's funny but uh i wonder what game it is. <laughs> it's like an older motocross and i can't remember which yeah. but it's not it's probably not a very good one but i think all those early ones that weren't any good were were better than now so. yeah like super 2000 part, and uh what was that ricky carmichael game uh oh yeah, yeah dude yeah. it might have been the ricky carmichael one that truck he was on maybe but um but that section of the course could you mentioned earlier about like guys doing an off-season race like me and josh were joking about that i was like dude you could have a race on this section because they had a little roll in you could yeah. easily put a starting gate up there and put like two to five guys. The first thing you would hit is a wall ride. You went over like a little manual pad thing, made a loop, came under the manual pad, turned left. There was like a super cross rhythm section into the dump truck, turn right, hit a bigger manual pad, and then a hip jump finish. It was like, and Hill was out there just like motoing it. <laughs> That's <sick>. like, <laughs> they switched, they, they were riding one section and then it got dark. So they turned the lights on over there. And Josh went and took a break, got some gas for like 30 minutes. Um, 
So other people were riding it and then he came out and he pretty much had the course to himself. Yeah. And he was just doing lap after lap after lap and like not going slow at all. And he pulled over. I was like, yeah, you could race on this thing. Huh? He was like, Oh yeah. It seems like the ses- that session style could be a thing, right? Like, you know, we're seeing guys like Axel and Tyler and Josh and, um, all these guys starting to make a living off of free riding, but you know, like, um, Josh just did that big hill jam and then Axel just posted that little session that they had at, uh, Sam Redmond's house. And then Tyler had this Red Bull imagination. Like they could almost have like a triple count series and make this like into like a thing. Oh, absolutely. Like I see um, that, I see that being sure. like a future sport maybe like with, cause I, I don't mean to be like rude or maybe offend people, but it seems like freestyle is kind of going away. You know what I mean? Like it seems Yeah, like, as far as contests go. Yeah. It seems like free riding um, and doing stuff like this. Like Ty, like Axel posted his big old Slayground video and like all these like videos of these guys just hitting gnarly stuff is is seems like the the way of the future. Yeah, and it's finally like going the way that I'm my I've thought it should be going for a long time. Yeah. Um, cause coming more like I'm definitely more influenced from the skateboarding world and like, I'm not one, like I never watch any dirt bike content on my own time. Like if I'm going to watch something on YouTube, it's going to be skate related. Okay. Um, so seeing stuff like imagination happen is like what I think our sport needs. Um, there's this contest. If people are interested in checking out some skate influence that can carry over to, dirt bikes there's this thing called the copenhagen open that happens every year and it's it's like a skate festival i guess you would say in a way but all all the top dogs like all the best pros current retired like whatever anyone involved in skateboarding that knows what's cool goes to it and it's like three or four days long everyone stays in the city of copenhagen and just rides bikes around to different skate spots and then at certain points they have like set up times like, okay, we're going to be at this bowl at 7 PM and then everyone shows up and then they have a contest and like, it's not necessarily a contest, but it's just like a heavy session and they just hand out money. Like, Oh, you did this sick trick on a quarter pipe. Like here's 500 bucks. Like, right. It's more of that style. Okay. And it's, it's just super healthy and everyone has a good time. No one's trying to kill each other. Like everyone's just stoked if someone else gets a trick and that's exactly what Tyler's created. Yeah. So props to him. He's done a good job. Yeah. I think it's one of those things like you even saw it at Red Bull, like, you know, Kilana got his Red Bull deal. Like, so it seems like people are taking notice to this now where, you know, like, Back in the day, I always kind of held a grudge because Tyler was doing all the same things like Axel and Matto and all those guys were doing, but he never got like a deal. And now he's, you know, now he's a big deal with Red Bull. And it's like, it's cool to see that. And I, you know, now with Kilana doing, I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Kilana? Um, yeah. With him getting his, his Red Bull deal, I think, you know, more guys are going to start this monster and rockstar might follow suit and start looking at these, these free ride kids on at a younger age. And that might become like a, the, the thing. Because, I mean, Travis yeah, was, like, the no first doubt. one back in the day, I, I feel like, 14, 15, 16, to, to kind of get into that, that style of riding early. You know, Twitch and all those yeah. guys seem like they're a little bit older, but I could be wrong. And it's still, like, Kalan is still his main avenue at this point in time. Like, in his mind, he's going to race. Like, that's okay. what he's working on. But he's still, 
like I think what it takes for these kids and like Kalana, he's going to catch some shit from kids in the industry and kids that he races against that are, they're going to have some jealousy stem from his Red Bull deal. Um, but they're at the same time, they're not like he's racing, he's training, he's doing all the work he's, he has to do, but he's also like a sick rider. So he's going to go take risk and like learn skill from Barrowman and go jump huge jumps with Tom P or like, cause that's what he wants to be doing. Right. And like, that's the type of kid that a Red Bull or a monster or any of them are going to sign. Um, cause it's like, you have the avenue of racing, but Hey, it doesn't turn out like this kid's still sick as shit. He can go and film like that's We need filming their bike riders as well as racers. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the direction the sport's going to where now, a lot of these sponsors are looking for content and it's, it, su- it doesn't suck. I shouldn't say sucks. It's, it's just a def- different way, you know? So like you said, you get some of these parents like I've, I've bleeded this. We've raced everything. We've done everything and we can't get any, you know, I would say we can't get anything, but it's like, okay, well like how many followers on Instagram have you had? Like what's your presence? Like do you have any video content? Like the, these sponsors want to see more, content and you know you want to build that relationship and build the story and i feel like the riders that are building stories are the ones that are gonna to get more support yeah yeah we're all a slave to that evil yeah evil mobile app (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 literally ruined people's lives but it's also made a lot of money for people um yeah so it just depends on how much effort you want to put into it because you know a lot of people will say social media is stupid but nowadays it's literally a career you put on your resume it's uh yeah it's game changing it's a it's you can go that you can go get a degree in it at any major university nowadays really see i didn't know that yeah i was like yeah but i knew like marketing was but i didn't know social media was yeah no social media has become a major that's insane (laughs) welcome to 2020 yeah whatever they call this age Generate what? What generation? Are X, we in? I think is it X. I don't know. Z, uh, I don't know. Z? Z. Yeah, I think it's Z. Generation raw fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that comes that comes after Z because we're out of letters. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It's fucked now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. God, man, like I just I never saw it being like this. You know what I mean? It, it it was one of those things to where we always just you bought dirt bikes, you raced them, and then you sold them, and now it's you buy yeah. dirt bikes, you make them look sick, and and you go and just kind of make content and try to get subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, I guess so. But, but hey, it's making a pretty it's making a pretty fun lifestyle for some people. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll give I, another shout out it. to I'm one. Against it for sure. Everyone everyone listening needs to check out Billy Bear Carpenter. I've known uh, I, I, a, I don't know him well, but my brother in law knows him really well. He's a, he's a NorCal kid. He's from where we're from. Yeah, yeah. He just moved up to Oakland. Um He's just like he has a good job during the week, but he's a yeah. he's a savage on a dirt bike too. He was at Imagination sending it, and I'd be standing next to him, and be like, "Hey, you gonna hit that?" He's like, "No, I got to work on Monday." <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's crazy because that's another kid. Like you know, he was pretty fast on a dirt bike, and unfortunately, just never got any help really. And and now he's uh, I think he's done a few supercrosses too. Because I remember back in the day, he uh, used to have a supercross track. So I don't know if he's ever qualified for any, but um. But yeah, like I never knew him well, but he knew people that I knew, and it seems like he's just uh, outliving his best life. And his bikes are like always been kind of like beat up, and still to this day, like he's at Red Bull Imagination, and he probably had one of the probably not the nicest bike there. He's out just hitting <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. 
Yeah, his bike was pretty beat, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But I respect Billy. He's a hard worker. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. gotta respect. You gotta respect hard work. I think he actually he actually had some suspension on his bike though. There okay. was another kid, another Floridian. His name's Christian Dresser. Okay. Uh, he's he's pretty young. I think he's maybe nineteen or so. Um, he was out there on stock suspension, pretty much hitting everything. Dude, that's gnarly. <laughs> yeah, but he definitely. Uh, first day I was there was Tuesday. Yeah, he definitely he went long on a jump and was had both of his ankles in ice buckets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully went, after, went long last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He didn't go quite that long. Yeah. Um, but maybe the, maybe the kid will walk away with a little suspension help after he gets some imagination plugs. Heck yeah! How uh, how was Durham? You know he's kind of fell off the map. Is he? Uh, has he got any future plans? Is he going to be doing that kind of that free ride thing too, or does he want to do Loretta's at all? Or like, because I mean he did pretty good last year in Loretta's. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know he raced Loretta's last year. I think it was last year or two years ago. I believe he got second or third behind Brownie. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. He's still he's still got it. He can do whatever he wants with their bike. Yeah, he's but always from, naturally from good. What, yeah, from what I gathered, though, he's kind of just sticking on the same path. Um, okay. Like, I know I know he does, like, Mammoth, Stay in the Dirt. I know he's pretty in tight with the whole Fast House gang. Um, and I know a lot of those dudes get into some stunt riding jobs as well. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I, know, I think like, uh, Fast House has kind of got on the scene quick with, with all this stuff. They've kind of made their mark on on that free ride um fonzie over there is a rad dude he was one of the first dudes to sponsor me back in the day with smith um him and oh, Mark Ferris. Yeah. so i mean he's a good dude just to, yeah to see where he's at now and kind of taking the reins of fast house he's been he's been crushing it i actually really want to get him on the show he's uh he's been in the industry for a long time yeah you definitely should i knew him back in his in-style days oh okay i didn't even know he worked in style <laughs> i think i think he was an in-style before smith okay so I've known him for a long time, but I actually saw him on Tuesday when I got there. Um, I showed up at like, I think my flight got in at two. I had to grab a rental car, like hit the road, two hour drive from Kansas city to imagination. Got there expecting riding to kind of be over, not really knowing the schedule. Yeah. And like everyone was, everyone was putting their helmets on and like about to go ride. And they were like, Oh, what's up? Like about to go ride. I was like, shit. Like built my camera up real quick, filmed till dark. And then, uh, didn't see Fonzie again the rest of the week, so he might have got out of there early. Okay, yeah, he was like my live feed. Like he's been posting a bunch of stuff on his stories. I was like just tracking it. I'm like, dude, there's some sick yeah. shit going down over there. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Um, but like for you, do you feel like because like you have a daughter and you know traveling and stuff? Do you ever feel like, man, like I need a break, or do you just enjoy it and just taking these moments in and capturing all this stuff? Or like, what's it like doing? doing that because like you know for me it's i i don't have kids but i can only imagine like these guys kind of trying to play not play but do two roles you know you get your career and then you have your, your child but um i can only imagine that being t- being gone a lot could be tough yeah most of the time for me it's it's relatively easy okay the only the only ones that get hard for me are are when it's long like like for Loretta's. instance, Loretta's. Yeah. yeah, anything anything that's longer than three to four days of being gone. Yeah, because um, the the benefit of working creatively is I come home and like all my work is kind of on my own time. Like, there's definitely a timeline of needing to get it back. Right. Um, 
but then being home, like whenever I have my daughter, I feel like I can be a really good parent because you're engaged. I'm the one I'm taking her to school. Like I'm picking her up from school and I work whenever yeah. She's at school and then like I'll get her to sleep at eight thirty or nine and if I need to work for a few more hours that night, like then I have I have like the willpower to be able to do that rather than like punching into a nine to five and putting in putting her in extended day or having someone else pick her up. So Right. It's honestly like it's such a blessing the work that I get to do. Like getting to go to the events that I get to do and then coming home and being able to kind of parent on my own time. Like it's amazing and and it kind of keeps, that's what keeps my work, work ethic so high. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to give this shit up. Like, I'm going to bust my ass every time I get the chance to. Totally. And that's the reason I bring it up, right? Because that kind of leads me into my next question. Just does, like, when you get to this level and film these, the pretty much the top athletes in the world, does she kind of, has she got to that age now to where she kind of notices and says, like, hey, my daddy does this and films this person and does that? Or does she kind of just take it or she doesn't really notice yet? Yeah, she, well, she's about to be seven and she could honestly care less about their bikes, which is great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're like, thank like God. a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of parents like, they like grew up around kids, it. Yeah. yeah, they're like, they're like Johnny Emler's kid carries around the rocks and dirt bike when he's at the track and stuff like that. And like my kid has those toys, but she doesn't know who they are. Um, she knows that I film dirt bikes a lot. Um, but I think the coolest part for her is like getting to bring her along on some local stuff. Like I did a shoot, I used to, my girlfriend worked for a local publication, um, here in Jacksonville and I had to do a video shoot one day for one of their partners who like supplied jewelry for centerfold photo shoots every month. And uh, one of them, one of them was set up to be with the Jaguars cheerleader at the Jaguars football stadium, like outside of it. Um, so I actually went and got my kid out of school. Actually, I don't know if that one, I got her out early, but she definitely got to come along and she was like stoked. She's like, Oh, like that's a cheerleader. Why isn't she wearing her cheerleader outfit? Like, so I feel like stuff like that is super rad. Um, yeah, just to be able to bring her around, kind of do different things and do different avenues. And that actually, uh, that's actually a cool other topic too that i was going to talk about you know we've been talking about riding and dirt bikes and all this but you've done some stuff with other industries can you can you talk a little bit about that as well like i i believe i, I saw you at orlando doing like a fishing expo yeah i was at icast where it was called it's like a fishing convention where all the brands get to come set up their new products coming out um and i never knew a thing about it like yeah. i got i got set up um, with this dude named Jared who actually used to work for Motosport. Um, and he went to work for this fishing company. So somehow he got my number through Andrew Campo. And so I go down to it and I'm down there filming and it was, it was a pretty cut and dry job. Like I'm with this company, we're filming fishing products, but like sometimes I post on Instagram what I'm doing and I posted it and like all these, like at least 20 people hit me back. They're like, no way. Like you're at ICAST. And I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> How do you know about this? <laughs> yeah. Are you fishing or like, um, where's Malcolm yeah, Stewart? So I, Is he around here somewhere? <laughs> he was actually there. Oh, I bet he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. I didn't see him, but someone mentioned to me that they saw him. Um, but so I actually had to leave before the convention was over. There was one more day of it. Um, so I actually gave my pass and hopefully that my employers don't listen to your podcast, but I gave them, <laughs> I gave them my pass so they could go for the day. 
And then Casey Cochran's mechanic was actually, I gave him a pass to go, but he didn't make it. So oh, okay. it's funny. It's funny. Like people in moto are real into fishing, I guess. I didn't know. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Like Trevor, I had Trevor Reese on from Maxima and like, he's a big fisherman. Like I always give him crap. I'm like, dude, like time to just throw it in and just go fishing full time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's dude, crazy it's how expensive industry. it is. It's crazy how expensive yeah. it is. Yeah, and they had, like, all the booths and the brands would have, like, the, their top pro, whoever they sponsor, was there, like, talking about their products for them. So, yeah. it's definitely, like, a money-making industry if you get good at it. Yeah, some of that stuff. I knew this guy, Kevin, back in the day. Um, he used to fish, and, like, you can, if you win a tournament, it's it's easy six figures. Oh, it's, sick, dude. I need to start fishing. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> like, it's like a it's like a miniature golf. Like, it goes, like, golfing, fishing, and then a bunch of other sports, yeah. and then motocross way down at the bottom. Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> I, I, think, I think cornhole, you got to make some good money on, too, because I've seen that on ESPN. Yeah. Like, I saw that the other day. Like, freaking, like, hot dog people, like, big, like, I don't know, Hillshire or whatever, and, like, Baked Beans. Like, there's a bunch of sponsors that are, jump, like, big, big brands. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn. Like, I guess, I guess, like, I mean, it relates to everybody, right? Anybody can play cornhole, so. Um, right, yeah. But even, like, X Games, not X Games, sorry, Olympics. Like, Olympics are adding a bunch of, like, random sports next year. Or not next year, but, like, the fourth one I heard. Um, I don't know, like, which one, but it's, I know, like, surfing's getting, was there last last year, I believe. But I think there's going to be like video games in X Games. I believe there's going to be. Uh, so. Interesting. I don't, I don't know. For, don't quote me on that. But I, somebody was telling me there's <laughs> some, some weird shit going on in X Games. Or not X Games. Yeah. Sorry. Olympics. Oh, um, Olympic video yeah. gaming. That, that's kind of bad. Yeah. that's Somebody said there's <laughs> not just video game, but there's like some other stuff too. Like random stuff. I'm like, how is that oh. an Olympic sport? Um, yeah. That's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. So what what about you? Like, what's what's really? I know like dirt bikes ride are really cool because you're around it. But like, what's something like you're really really passionate about? Like surfing or you know, like you said, photography. Like, if you could film one thing, like something that you're like, man, like that was badass, or I'd really enjoy doing that. It's more like landscape or portraits oh, or what? Like, I don't I don't know, kind of what I wanted to get into the mind of Jordan Hoover. If I could film one thing, um, I'm really into like very legitimate journalism okay so i've always been like really into old war books okay like so i think if you really want to do any form of journalism or cover anything intense i I think you'd have to pick a war gotcha like front front lines uh, i would rather be in an old war than one today because i don't really know what goes on now but um, yeah, old war. You kind of knew what you what to expect, right? You get fifteen hundred dudes, <laughs> yeah. you know, seven hundred fifty yep. on each side, and you just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess anything like extreme when it comes to trying to document it is what intrigues me. Okay. Yeah. So it's I, nice. Like dirt bikes are pretty pretty good for that, but maybe I should sign myself up for like Airsburg or something crazy. Dude, maybe you just need to make a war within our industry. Like, just start doing like a. Like <laughs> own, you guys need to do like a, a battle royale series between like Kenny and Cooper or something. I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing oh, names, geez. but I yeah. don't. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I like that. It's kind of something different. I honestly didn't expect you to say that. So that's cool to to know. Um, kind of a background of maybe where you 
where you might get ideas or your creativity from. And I have some questions about that later. I don't want to steal our uh, JD Beach segment, but he's got some cool questions for you too that kind of cover cover more of a backstory like that. Okay. Um. So, what's the plans for for this year? You got you got anything going on like Mercy Supercross, or or is it mostly just and you know that the. the 2022 season supercross season you're just gonna go a couple rounds of those or you just gonna do stuff during the week what uh what's your next six months look like um honestly i have no idea okay (laughs) i actually i didn't find out about imagination that i was going till about nine days before the event okay um so i'm kind of like i'm kind of just not at their disposal but kind of just available to go wherever i need to yeah. Um I'll I'll definitely be at Minio's a little bit. Um hopefully hopefully not the whole week. Last year it was like 8 days long, which was about 8 too many. Yeah, that's <laughs> a long. I went last year and the year before that and uh actually K-Day just texted me a couple of days ago and asked me if I was going to Minio's and I'm like I'm I'm waiting to find out for sure, but I think that's a plan and that one's a long one. Even yeah. Florida or Loretta's is long too, but Minio's is really long cuz usually we don't camp at the track, so yeah, and Minio's like doesn't really have a set schedule, so it's just at random. Right. Yeah, that, that that's the other thing too, and it's so big. You know, Loretta's is big too, but for Loretta's like everything's kind of like right there. Where like Minio's, it's like the Supercross track over here, and then it's this over there, and then the outdoors like it, it's in two different sections. So it's a uh, it's more spread out. I feel like at Minio's. Yeah, and then I definitely have I have one project that I'm kind of currently working on um but that one's that one's kind of top secret okay we'll keep that one in the bank till it comes out i like it um and then i'm sure there'll be some stuff like leading up to supercross depending where the guys are doing their off-season training whether they're in florida or not um and then hopefully some supercrosses i'd never even shot a supercross realistically until daytona of this past of this year oh really okay so I got to kind of learn the ins and outs of that and the difficulties of it. Um, it's a lot harder than you think. Oh, I can imagine. Like the, cause like the angles just aren't there, right? Like it's just yeah. it's small and like trying to get up into the stands and all that. Like it seems like it could be difficult to, to get like yeah. the shadowing and, and lighting and everything. I think it's cause Daytona is different. So it's like very elevated. Whereas when you're on a stadium floor, I think it's still built a little elevated but you you have the stands to get up into yeah um but it's just a lot of a lot of sponsor dollars out there getting in the way of your camera which is sweet for them that's what that's how <laughs> it should be definitely create some challenges for us though oh, i can imagine yeah just trying to get those shots and you look at it, you're like dang it like that hay bell or that <laughs> that banner or whatever just ruins this shot because the way it's where it's at yeah but like you said it's, it's good advertisement yeah, yeah, we need all those signs out there. Yeah, we do. We need we need a lot of, a lot of things right now because with this COVID stuff, it makes me worried. I'm worried about these California rounds, and I'm worried about this vaccination process that's happening, and it's it's scary. Yeah, man. what's up with that? Are they making the riders? Are they making the riders get it? I have no idea. I mean, um, I've heard some stuff, and I'm not going to go publicly and say it. Um, we'll let like the Pulp Mexes and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, whiskey throttle shows and stuff like that you know do all that stuff but i have heard some stuff that's that's going to be very interesting to see if it comes true or not um and we'll kind of yeah. leave it at that but 
I hope I hope we get to have a a full seventeen rounds, different seventeen venue, um, Supercross season. So yeah, you need to. Unfortunately, I hate to say this for the track builder's sake, but I hate when they do three races in the round in a row on the same dirt. I think the track just totally fucked by the end. Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, people don't realize dirt breaks down really bad, especially when you ride it three times in a week with really really fast guys. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of prep and a lot of work. You know, it's yeah. Those lips get broke down. The dirt gets broke down, and uh, you can only you can only do so much with one pile. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but cool. All right. Well, that's kind of we'll kind of move on. Speaking of dirt, I don't know if you can release this information, but how much do you think Red Bull spent on the imagination? Oh, you know, I didn't ask, but it's definitely a lot. Yeah, six figures or not six, six seven figures? You think? What seven's a million? Yeah, a million That's would be big, seven. I don't, I don't have, I don't have big money problems, so I don't even know about big money figures. No, you're good. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's me too. Um, dog. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they could have done it less for less than a million. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because I mean, you just think the dirt alone would cost, and that you know all the dirt, and then just the equipment. You know, Jason, I would imagine yeah. owns some of that equipment, but I don't know if he owns all of the equipment. Um, I think all the stuff there they rent. Okay, yeah. So that, I think that's where your main cost is coming in with yeah. just like the time that those guys spent out there because he was there for three weeks. Yeah, because I know like a um, uh, there's a track here locally, um, and it's like. I think it's only like five acres or something like that, maybe a little bit bigger. And that one was, you know, fifteen to twenty grand to build, and it's it's just nothing crazy. But yeah, it's, you know what? Maybe it didn't cost him a million bucks. I don't know. It's got to be somewhere around there. But with, yeah, I don't with, know. With with shipping stuff, because like they shipped all the bikes there in one truck. Um, yeah, they brought in all that dirt. I don't know. I don't hey, know. you know who drove? You know who drove the? You know who drove the bikes out? No, the legendary, legendary answer right here. Really? Oh yeah. You'd never, you'd never guess that someone with this much talent would just be driving a budget truck full of their bikes to Kansas. That's insane. <laughs> it's just Kendall so much Norman. money. Fuck. You remember him? Nah. Who is that? Kendall Norman. He's like a super badass off-road racer. Really. From from Central to, California, and they talked him into driving to Kansas. Yeah, you know, I don't know exactly what he does anymore. Yeah. Um, but he he was the one who was the transport. But I'm sure you had to have seen his. He I had, had a video look, segment. Yeah. He had a segment in one of the Moto movies, like maybe Moto Four, or Five, or Six, somewhere around there. Okay. And yeah. he just like leaves his house and goes and rides um, a trail in Santa Barbara, I believe. Like okay, up on the coastline. Yeah, I think I remember that clip. Yeah, yeah. But he, he, once he told me that he was the one that drove it out after I met him, I was like, holy shit, like, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like, people don't realize. Like, I get I get kind of dirty looks with my van. And little do they uh-huh. know there's, like, a bunch, not a bunch, but, you know, there's nice dirt bikes in the back of it. And, like, that budget truck was just cruising down the street with <laughs> hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars in the back of it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's funny. That's classic. Do you do you feel like imagination and axle stuff with the sleigh ground and and kind of what Twitch is doing with DBK? Do you feel like we'll see kind of like a crusty demons or on the pipe again? Do you feel like we'll ever have that kind of that era again? Um, 
me. I don't know. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot to do that. Yeah. I think like the advantage of back then for those guys to be able to put out stuff like that is like, those were just their friends filming them. So it was super low budget or they'd just film each other and it'd be like a whole year or two worth of riding. Okay. But it's all in, it's all unseen back then. Cause there's no Instagram. Right. So now like you have to be pretty committed to not be like putting stuff out, but at the same time you can put some stuff out. And by the time you release your video, people are going to forget about it by then. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I know Colby Raha is actually working on a full piece right now called Narnia. Huh. Uh, but he's done such a good job with it, with keeping it kind of under wraps that I don't even know like who's in it or what it really is going to be. So gotcha. definitely something to keep your eyes on. Yeah. I think, I think Hill posted at the big Hill jam that they were doing some filming there for like on the pipe, maybe like a new on the pipe. Um, yeah, that's the same thing. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Same people. Yeah, it's that filmer Jay Schweitzer. Okay, I don't know him, but I think I've heard the name. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Okay, um, but he was he was out there as well doing some filming. Hell so yeah. West West like kind of assembles the crew of filmers that are contributing to all of the stuff that comes out for Red Bull. Yeah, just um, hired like a bunch so, of independent contractor type deals. Yeah, pretty much, just because he has his little tight-knit crew, but then he brought people like Jay Schweitzer as well, and I think a few others, um, which is cool, because then all those dudes at the end of the day, like, they have a, a media hub, like a, a container trailer, pretty much, that yeah. their editors just live in, and everyone just comes in and, like, dumps their files, and someone's organizing it into folders of who is who and someone else is like laying stuff out to use on social media someone's making stuff that's going on youtube like they had a stack crew for sure and they were doing an awesome job yeah i saw will posey was there and we've had him on the show and he's been always super awesome and um i'm excited to see kind of what comes out of that because uh, he's always done a great job with with editing and stuff so if you haven't listened to that yet go make sure to go listen to will's episode because he's a part of that kind of that Red Bull crew and Verb crew with Wes. So that was a really good episode too. Yeah, for sure. Have you had Wes on before? No, we talked about it. I got to, I want to yeah. get him on. So, um, cause he's going to probably he's need gonna... like two weeks to sleep after he's done with all this, but then maybe give yeah. you a call. Yeah, I definitely. I really want to get Tyler on too, kind of talk about everything in the process and stuff. So, um, yeah, just cause I mean, this thing's got a lot of, a lot of hype and, it uh i only see it being bigger and who knows i i think hill kind of started that that not process but started that kind of something to where i mean he did a he had a crew in a freaking camping at his house like that's pretty gnarly like to have a bunch of random people come to your house and pay <laughs> yeah so i think he's kind of entrepreneuring into that and maybe he gave Tyler some knowledge and kind of was like, hey, okay, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to have this insurance, that insurance. So who knows? Maybe like you said, Red Bull will have a few VIP packages and they'll do like a, a VIP style at imagination one of these years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what's cool about all of them too, is they're all kind of like on the same wavelength of what they're trying to do with their bike riding. Yeah. And so they're all like, no one's like mad at each other for doing a, um, a different event like everyone's trying to help from my understanding cool yeah just trying to grow the sport yeah for sure that's awesome 
Sweet. All right. Well, we're going to get into uh, this last segment before I let you go. Again, this is Jordan Hoover, uh, one of the top videographers in our industry. So episode 28. So please uh, give us some feedback of what you guys think so far. But we're going to get into our one of our favorite segments of the show uh, brought to you by JD Beach. This is the Beach Say What segment. So a huge thank you to JD uh, for taking the time and doing this for us. He's got another race here coming up at the Charlotte Mile um, in October. So please go check him out at JD Beach 95 on Instagram and and start uh, supporting the Flat Track Series. So thank you again, JD, for for taking the time to do this for us. His first one for you, Jordan, is uh, is there something riders do during photo shoots that they think makes it easier for you, but it doesn't actually help? So if it's trying to maybe do a jump or or whatever, or just trying to not do your job for you, but um, or is everybody kind of pretty easy to work with? I would say it's pretty easy. I think a challenge with it um, in season is you don't get to interrupt the motos pretty much, depending okay. who it is. So a lot of times it's like, all right, I'm going to capture around these laps that you're doing. Yeah. So that's the challenge. But most of the time they they don't really try to tell you otherwise of, of how to do your job, which is sweet. Yeah, like you're like they're like ten laps in. You're like, whoa, 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 can you hit that line one more time and do this and do that? <laughs> yeah, like you can't just yeah. Like, or if them. you're or if you're like in one spot in a corner, or a whip section, they don't pull over and you're like, hey, like you should shoot it from over here. Like I've never really had that happen. Okay, yeah, I can only imagine like ha- like take one or take two or take three. Like I don't know how many takes it takes, but it it seemed like that could be a a process on these riders. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. That's why you just try to get it in take one. You don't even tell them you're doing a take. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of <laughs> what I was wondering. Like, is it just one of those things to where, like, all right, here we go. Hope for the best. Camera's coming out. He doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's rare. You get these dudes, like the top athletes that are um, riding for your brand, you typically get them, like, once, maybe twice a year where it's, like, an actual setup. Like, okay, this is for a gear shoot. Like, a lot of the stuff will shoot in season for an upcoming gear drop like you just go show up with the gear put it on them for their like sprint motos or whatever they happen to be doing that day and you yeah. you get what you get okay no, that's cool that's good to know um he's asking if you had to choose would you use an iphone for video and photos for the rest of your life or would you only be able to take pictures with a proper camera for the rest of your life so it sounds like he's getting rid of video um so it sounds like if oh, you, I I take a proper camera all day. Yeah, and then just get yeah, a video. Forget an iPhone. Yeah. My iPhone's always dead anyway. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's cool too, like about these new digital cameras that are out, um, Canon just released a photo camera okay. that will shoot. It'll shoot thirty frames per second, which is actually six frames more than real speed video. So realistically, you could turn that on shoot like a whole section and then just put in all these photos into a video program and boom you got a video oh no way (laughs) yeah that's pretty gnarly yeah yeah and you just got a new camera right you got the new sony no Um, i haven't Derek got a new sony yeah Derek did that camera he got is sweet yeah Um, but no i've been on the same body now for like four years but hopefully i'll have something new in the arsenal soon Are, are cameras like dirt bikes like you know, like oh, models yeah. come out and you have to have the newest and greatest or can you kind of get away with like a 10 year old camera? Yeah. I mean, you can, it just kind of depends what type of work you're putting out. Yeah. Um, they definitely last longer than a dirt bike. I can imagine. Um, 
especially cameras in within the last 10 years, like they're all pretty, pretty awesome, but they definitely get some better features as it, as time goes on. Yeah. I mean, if I treat a camera, like I treat my dirt bike, that thing will last me a hundred years cause I barely ride my dirt bike. So I think, yeah. I think we'll be good. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see what else has JD got for you. Let's see. So he's asking, do you use different sports for your art forms or inspiration for your videos and photos? So like you said, you kind of talked a little bit about war earlier in the episode. Um, so just things like that. Or maybe you look at like a scene or, or look at artwork or whatever. Like kind of what get, where do you, I guess he's one of his, one of the biggest things for maybe not him, but for me is like, where would you say your inspiration comes from? Yeah. And I already touched on like surfing and skating. Yeah. Um, one of the skate filmers I really like, he's just like kind of an all around creative. His name's Pontus Alf. Okay. Uh, he's from somewhere in Europe. Um, but then I really just like to watch like really well shot, uh, like TV series or movies. Like everyone's a big fan of Wes Anderson films. His sets are always super awesome. Yeah. Um, I actually just finished today a new series on Netflix. It's called Squid Game. Okay. And it is, it's amazing. It's kind of like, a, it's a Korean like battle royale, uh, hunger game type of series but that was pretty insane too yeah it's uh it's cool to see some of these things with netflix and these documentaries like you know it's funny to hear everybody's a f1 fan after that drive to survive came out and i have to agree like that series is really good and for you you know you're a videographer so one of the, you might look at it and be like ah it's kind of corny or whatever but it seems like a really like intriguing um series yeah no i never i try to never call anyone's work corny i think yeah. there's you, i can definitely learn learn from any type of thing you're watching so yeah no it'd be cool to do something like we're doing it now with the moto spy so it'd be kind of cool to see um more of that transition more of that drive to survive kind of in-depth like storytelling you know what i mean like it'd be it'd be neat to see more of the storytelling um yeah for sure in this sport for sure hey another thing you should put your eyes on since we're talking about inspiration and films yeah um, there's a have you heard of world of echo I don't think so, no. Okay. This is my friend Jared from Indiana. Okay. Um, he runs a, a media site called In a World of Echo is his Instagram. World of Echo is the website, I think. Okay. Um, but he's he's worked with Troy Admetus for a long time now. Um, so he's gotten to learn from one of the best. Troy made all the great outdoors movies, I'm sure you know. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing, he's doing a, a video contest right now. So like submissions open from around the world until November 5th. Um, and then he's got some like prize money to give away as well as some product giveaways. Uh, definitely something you should look into though. I feel like maybe the, maybe the winner could be deserving of, of coming onto your show and saying what's up. Yeah. So that's like, he's like doing like a documentary series or is he just doing like a uh, kind of get your name out there style? Yeah. More of that. Like anyone that, is in Tomoto wants to submit a video. Like, yeah. I don't think there's any, any regulating of, of time length. Like it could be anywhere from 15 minutes to hopefully not, hopefully not 15 hours. Cause I am a judge. Yeah. There you go, <laughs> folks. So try yeah. to crack your way into the industry. Check out world of echo. Um, you know, see what those guys are up to and, and that could be your way in. Um, you never know. Just taking every opportunity like we've discussed a lot of times on the on these episodes is just the opportunities. You can't always look chase the dollar. You gotta chase the opportunity and chase the relationship. So um check out World of Echo for sure. 
Do you uh, do you watch that World of Jumbly or I think it's just Jumbly or whatever? Have you watched uh, any of those? Uh, World of Jubilee. Jubilee, yeah. Have you watched any of those? <laughs> I haven't, but I was a little upset when that came out because uh, my favorite goon rider in the motocross world, he goes under the alias of Jubilee. Okay. So I started seeing all these people posting about it. And I was like, dude, what is this? Like, how did he get all these people to post about him? And then I looked and it's like, it's a KTM thing, right? I think it's just an everything thing. Okay. I don't know for sure. Maybe it's a KTM yeah, thing. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked too into it, unfortunately. It's good. I didn't like. I said it's pretty good. Like I didn't know if you knew who filmed it or not, but it seems like it's it's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was a handful of everyone filmed it. Okay. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it seems like Seth Dennis is in it, and a couple other people are in it, and it seems it seems really really in depth. So I was just seeing if you knew any background on that on that series. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, all right. So his last one for you would be favorite track for photos um, kind of or video. And then like what's more fun to do, SX or MX? Ooh. Uh, favorite track. Probably I'd have to say Miles Mountain in Pennsylvania. Okay. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> Most people haven't. It's really sick. I think it's only open like once or twice a year for a race. Yeah. Um, but it's just like super old school, really reminded me of like a 90s style track. Okay. Um, went through the trees a lot, kind of in and out of this like Pennsylvania Valley. What'd you, um, uh, what'd you film there? Uh, I went there for an Evergood Open event. Oh, Something okay. they did for a couple of years. And I actually, I just shot film photos. So I like to shoot a lot of black and white film. Um, and then like, if you're ever in a lot of shadowy areas and black and white film really seems to shine. So that track just really agreed with my style, I would say. Okay. And then I would rather shoot Supercross because it's about a quarter of the amount of steps. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I remember and everyone, Red Bull, I mean, dude, you're working. Yeah. And everyone, like, everyone loves watching Supercross, especially when you're out at a test track with one of the baddest dudes there is in the sport. Like, you can't really get a better seat in the house than a, a private Supercross with no hay bales, like, nobody around. Like, yeah. That's the best That's the best shit out there. Yeah, and the lights, the cameras, the the just everything, the whole persona and atmosphere is pretty neat. The, the fire and everything, you get some pretty cool shots at Supercross. Yeah, no doubt. Um, speaking of, you said earlier in the show, Andrew Campo, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Um, he's still doing like the meta thing. Yeah, he is. You should call him up on the show, dude. Dude, I haven't talked to him. He probably doesn't <laughs> even remember me, dude. Last time I saw him was like Verb Classic, I think 2012 or 13 or something. Nah, like you'd be surprised. Time. He's seen, he's a little quirky, but he's definitely got a good memory. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, they're doing good. They just changed. Uh, the meta layout from being um, a landscape style to a portrait. Um, okay. But most of what I've heard from them, they're doing pretty well. And, uh, everything's to go over there. So they, they're another one, they're a print publication that even survived COVID. So yeah, kudos to them. Are they still doing like film and stuff too, or mostly just their books? Yeah, I know it's mostly their books. And then every okay. once in a while they do a, they have like a film partner and someone that wants to put out a film on their platform. And then they kind of logistically make it all come together with sponsorship to fund it and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. If you guys haven't heard of meta or checked out meta, they got some really like their, their books are pretty neat. 
Um, a lot of cool photos and, and whatnot. So check that out. But yeah, I mean, for you, Jordan, it's 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 getting that that time of year, dude. Supercross is over, motocross is over, but off season, dude, it's coming. New riders, new bikes. You're you're probably gonna have a a, la- a lot of last minute phone calls here soon. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. But uh, and I'll I'll see you before we know it in November in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm hoping for Minios. Have you heard if you're going to Dreamland or not? Oh, I think so. Okay. I owe I Kenny Day and edit, so I have to go film them because it's only like an hour away from me. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I <laughs> I want to go to it, but I got invited to SEMA, so I'm trying to figure it out all out because I'd, I'd really like to go to SEMA because I've never been. But I've also yep. never been to the Dreamland party. I've been to Dreamland, but I've never been to the Dreamland party. Um, So I got a decision to make. Got a decision to make. We'll see. Yes, sir. And but, did I hear you mentioned a flat track race in Charlotte, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I really want to go to that because I never, I never been to one. Like in in California, we had the Sack Mile, but I never yep. went. And now, like, it makes it more enjoyable, at least for me, when you know people. Like, we just got back from Moto America, and uh, yeah, it just makes it more more enjoyable when you when you go to these events and you kind of know people and you have like that that feeling of you want to see them yeah. succeed. So, um, <laughs> I, I would really like to go to one of those because those guys are flying. They they rip. Yeah, they, uh, the Sacramento Mile is the best race that I've ever been to in my life. Oh, really? You've been to the Sac Mile? <laughs> yeah, I went from Hangtown National straight there and yeah. was not disappointed. Really? Yeah, I always like did other stuff, but yeah, it was always the same weekend as Hangtown, which I never thought made sense just because like, you either had to go to the Sac Mile or Hangtown, and it seemed like people made it work. Um, yeah. yeah, you just got to leave right after Moto2 and you're there. <laughs> yeah, after being out in the hot all day. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on, suck it up. I know, suck right? Up, Stop being a sissy. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, just seeing I because those guys do like a hundred and something plus, and then just back that bitch in, and it's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. But I bet Charlotte is sweet too. Yeah, I, I don't know how big that track is, but if they're going there, it's got to be pretty big. Hey, don't leave. Or, hey, my friend just skated down the street. I'm trying to tell him I'm on your podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> I told him it's over. Silver. Hold on. Give us a minute. But, Give us a minute. Yeah, he's got a minute. <laughs> yeah. He's just skating through the neighborhood. We're oh, finally you, starting to get a little bit nicer weather in Florida, so people are starting to do activities. Oh, dude, yeah, you can't, you can't miss out on a skate sesh. Uh, yeah. No, for sure. But like I said, I, I wanted to keep it right around an hour, and we're at an hour and 11. So, um, like I said, this has been really fun. And I think after the Supercross season or during the Supercross season, I'd love to get you on again and kind of talk about some projects. Because I know right now there's some stuff going on that you can't talk about. Uh, or I, I yeah. should say, I assume there's some stuff going on right now. Like you've already kind of mentioned before, there's some top secret stuff going on. So, um, yeah, and I think maybe once that happens, like I can definitely come back and I can bring the secret guests on with me. Oh, that'd be cool. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it work. We'll have some fun, and I'm probably gonna tote this this podcast equipment around with me probably this year because I'm working on getting a media credential. So. Um, nice. we'll see how that goes mobile pod mobile podcast man dude, there this you go. board i have makes life so easy it's literally yeah it's literally idiot proof <laughs> that's exactly what you need yes yes exactly <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you for reminding my fans yeah, if i it. have all it. five of them that i have yeah um cool well jordan thank you very much um episode 28 has been with jordan hoover a videographer please check him out on instagram at jordan Hoove. is it at jordan Hoover? yeah that's it there it is. So check that out. Please check it out. Our sponsors, Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Scott Goggles, and of course, Spot Network TV. Episode 28 is a wrap. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it.
You got it. Thanks for having me on. Of course, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya. Thank you.